listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 13th of April 2022. Later, US inflation rising the most in more than 40 years, the implications. But first, uh, global interest rates, they are rising as a result of that inflation story. The Reserve Bank of New Zealand lifted its cash rate by 50 basis points. That's the most in 22 years to a rate of 1.5%. But Given our economies are similar, that's Australia's and New Zealand, why is the New Zealand Central Bank lifting interest rates? It's a fourth consecutive time when Australia's Reserve Bank hasn't. For more, I spoke earlier with Jared Kerr. He is the Chief Economist at Kiwi Bank. So, Jared, it's a big rise, 50 basis points. Why? Well, we have high inflation in New Zealand. We have an inflation rate which is pushing up against 7%. And we've seen inflation expectations, so expectations of where inflation is going to be over coming years become unanchored, and the Reserve Bank is worried about its credibility. But the bank said it gives it insurance to go back down again, given it was more than that 25 basis points, so 50 basis points. It can go back down should it need to. Is this the right way to go about it? Well, the central bank is front-loading its rate rises to make sure that they get on top of inflation and inflation expectations early. And hopefully that means that they have to do less later on. And as you say, if things turn pear-shaped and go south, then they've got more interest rates to cut. So I think this is the fourth rate increase in this cycle. Australia still hasn't lifted interest rates. So how is New Zealand different to Australia? I mean, why hasn't Australia been following New Zealand's lead? And should the RBA have been doing it? In many cases, Australia and New Zealand are quite similar. We have a rise in inflation. We've both performed reasonably well uh, throughout the pandemic. So I think it's a matter of when the RBA starts lifting rates, and I would expect the RBA to start in June, so quite some time after the RBNZ. But one of the key differences between Australia and New Zealand has been the rise in inflation here in New Zealand. It's been much sharper and much broader Uh, much broader based than what we've seen in Australia. So the Reserve Bank of New Zealand is particularly sensitive to the rise in inflation and inflation expectations. And and those those increases, the increase in inflation, what's it been driven by in New Zealand and how is that different, different to Australia? Well, we have similar increases in our tradables inflation, so petrol prices and and other prices that we import from overseas. But we've seen a a rampant rise in construction-related costs in New Zealand and anything to do with housing. Uh, Housing-related inflation in New Zealand is very high, so it's a lot more broad-based here. And it also represents um, the challenges that we've got in our housing market. That's Jared Kerr there, the Chief Economist at Kiwi Bank, speaking to me from Auckland. Now, the Australian share market rose despite some inflationary concerns. The S&P ASX 200 up by 0.3%, 7,479. US inflation overnight up by 8.5% for the year. That is the biggest increase since 1981, with food and gasoline or petrol prices moving the most. And late today, we also saw inflation statistics from the UK up 7% annually. That is the most in 30 years. So for more, I spoke earlier with James Gerrish. He is a senior investment advisor at Shoreham Partners. 
it was certainly a big number, Ricardo. Um, it, it, I'd say no. Um, it was only um, slightly above expectations. And you, if you look at the composition of the number over in the US, it actually showed some signs that inflation may have peaked over there. So we had US um, bond yields actually track lower on the session. So overall, short answer, no. Still, though, um, what's the market feeling about how aggressive central banks around the world will be when it comes to lifting rates? Because we did see across the ditch in New Zealand, uh, the central bank there lifting 50 basis points, more than the 25. I think that's the, the biggest lift in about 22 years. And there's increasing talk of the RBA going earlier, potentially in June now. Yeah, the RBNZ was interesting today because they it, it was tipped they were going to go 25. They did 50. It's the fourth consecutive time they've met and raised rates, um, so on, you know, on the trot. And I think the RBA should be doing something similar. I think it's ludicrous that the RBA is sitting here with a bond with a um, cash rate at 10 basis points. Um, you know, their economic assumptions when they when they brought the rate down to 10 basis points back in November of 2020, their economic assumptions were a lot. Uh, more dire than they are now. Uh, so the economic outcomes we're having doesn't deserve an interest rate at 10 basis points. That said, the market's already pricing substantially high rates. So you look at uh, futures markets, we're pricing a RBA cash rate at 2% by December. So that's um, about seven and a half rate hikes. So the market's actually doing a pretty good job um, of pricing an aggressive uh, tightening cycle by the RBA. The RBA remain in denial though. It seems. Given that, how does that all feed through to your investment strategy? Well, I think it's important to uh, understand what the market's already factored in. So I think the market's been very aggressive on their interpretation of where rates will be, um, you know, in six and 12 months' time. So, uh, you know, the market's already there. The RBA is the only one that's not there. So, you know, there's been this, um, you know, another way of putting it is the market's sceptical of the RBA's positioning right now. And I think, you know, the RBA has lost some credibility over the last um, six to 12 months in their communications to the market, um, you know, yield curve control and, and, and how that ended. In terms of portfolio positioning, um, you know, I think the the sectors that have done really well on the back of higher interest rates are more cyclically in nature. So, you know, banks have done well, resources have done particularly well, um, but that's all now factored into the market. So I'd be going a little bit counter consensus in that regard. I'd be more on the lightning side of banks and resources and going um, sort of that counter consensus trade into the long duration assets like technology and infrastructure, which have uh, been you know, struggling a little bit with higher rate expectations. That was James Gerrish there, Senior Investment Advisor at Shaw & Partners. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.